1: Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 a.m. 312-255-8408. You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive mm-hmm. director. Good morning, Mark. How are you?
2: Very good. Just coming off a weekend of grandchildren. What'd you do? basketball game for Lydia. She did a nice job. Then we went to McDonald's with all four of them. Now, she's eight years old? Eight years old. And the twins are six. Their birthday was Sunday Yesterday. at a gymnastic place, which drove me crazy. Why but, is that? Well, yeah. all the kids are jumping all over them. <laughs> but <you want> to <laughs> and I that? can
1: barely get up. But you're afraid of oh, don't break a leg or an arm. Yeah. But when we were that age doing the same That's, thing, yeah, we were flipping jumping. around, jumping up and down, Uh, And our parents worried about us, like you worry about the grandchildren, Mm -hmm. uh, and the parents do. But we were once that age, you're flying around. uh, It was a good, good football weekend, minus the Chicago Bears. I know the uh, Bengals beat Buffalo, Frisco won. Philadelphia crushed the Giants, and uh, the so our Lori out. Doyle, at, oh, at,
2: at, at holy name is going to be thrilled. She's so, a, she's a die diehard Eagles fan.
1: Philadelphia Eagles yeah. fan, and they just trounced the Giants. And so next weekend are the two games on Sunday, and the two winners go to the Super Bowl three weeks from yesterday. Oh, so. February twelfth, twelfth. Yeah, the uh, Sunday afternoon, so it's uh, one week later than normal. But uh, great program lined up again. Three one two two five five eight four zero eight on Catholic Chicago WNDZ seven fifty a.m. The Grace Arsenal, a book written by Andy Armstrong about navigating business battlegrounds with grace. Join us the entire hour is Andy Armstrong. Andy, welcome to the program. Good yes, morning. Welcome. How are you, Thanks, Andy? Guys. It is great to be with you. Thank you. Great to be with you. Now, we let our listeners know, before Christmas, um, Mark and I met with Andy in the rectory at the cathedral about his new book. And we're talking to Andy, and Mark, the thought struck me, we need to get Andy Armstrong on our radio program to ask the very same questions, why he wrote the book, what's the book mm-hmm. about. And I thought, this has to be shared with beyond the two of us, with our whole listening audience. And now, Andy, again, you live where? I live in Elmhurst here in the okay. Chicagoland area. I knew you were. For, but now your background, you were born and raised where?
3: I grew up in downstate Illinois. I uh, grew up in Taylorville, just south of Springfield. So a small town, 10,000 people. Hmm. And
1: uh, that's a great way to grow up. In down Taylorville. And where'd you go to high school?
2: Taylorville High School. The, the, what a the, creative name. the Mighty Tornadoes. <laughs> the Mighty Tornadoes. What's your fondest memory of Taylorville? Uh, I was I
3: was very lucky uh, to have a father who is my head football coach as well as my physics teacher. Uh he also owned a dry cleaners at that time and I worked there. So <laughs> being able to have that close of a relationship with your father and uh, my mom was right there beside us the whole way, so I, I was pretty lucky when it came to parents and uh, got
1: to live a pretty uh,
3: blessed life in that way.
1: So you're telling me, what your father taught physics at Taylorville High School. He was the head varsity football coach. You played under your father. What position? I was an offensive and defensive tackle. What'd you weigh? Uh, I was playing football at about 220, Okay.
3: Uh, which is interesting because i'd wrestle about two months later at 185 so <laughs> wow <laughs> wow there was some serious weight loss skills involved in that but <laughs> to
1: get down it all worked out the to, best. to get down to that weight class but uh, now it's interesting when you were calling us or emailing us last year about your book the grace arsenal and then we met either around thanksgiving early december i can't remember what it was and thanks to um uh, you know, for coming to the cathedral, is first of all, how did you come about writing the book, The Grace Arsenal? What was behind that?
3: Uh, there was there was a whole lot of things. Uh, I'm now 35 years in uh, uh, the uh, sales and marketing business uh, in HVAC, believe it or not, um, and uh, many many things have happened in those 35 years, as you can imagine, uh, many good things and many not so good things. And uh, the one thing I realized as I looked around throughout my career starting 20, 25 years ago that the people I respected most were those who were acting with a sense of grace. And the other thing I noticed is they were rare. And I think Mm -hmm. there were a lot of reasons for that. I wanted to understand better, A, how I could act with grace and B, why grace had seemed to leave the business world as often as it did. And what were the factors that caused that? And so I started becoming a student and asking a lot of questions and uh, never, <laughs> never really thought I would uh, uh, write a book about it, but I thought, hey, let's be a better student and figure it out. And uh, over time, it uh, started to bubble into a book,
2: and that's where we landed. What's the difference between a client that you worked with who was graceful and someone who wasn't? Uh, there's, there's,
3: there's so many things. Um, and I think as we go through the description of the book, it'll become more apparent, but to me, it starts with, with gratitude. Um, I think, uh, gratitude is kind of the heart of my model. And, and when you're working with a client, if they have some gratitude for you as a supplier or a manufacturer who has some gratitude for you as a distributor, whatever the relationship, if that gratitude is there, that's
1: the starting point. Now, uh, Andy, for me, in your mind, define gratitude and define your definition of grace.
3: Sure. Uh, let's start with grace. And to me, grace is uh, a couple of definitions I really like. And, and we use grace to define a lot of things, right? We, we talk about a ballerina has grace. or We talk about uh, his majesty, uh, your grace. We talk about, uh, even in Greek mythology, the three graces, uh, Zeus's granddaughters. Uh, But I like to use the divine unmerited favor granted to humans. Mm -hmm. To me, that speaks of this this mass of goodness all about us that uh, we were lucky enough to get and quite often don't recognize it. Uh, But it's there and we need to see it. Another one I really like in business is the exercise of love, kindness, mercy, favor, and a disposition to benefit or serve others. To me, those two definitions really capture what I'm trying to Uh, state is is what grace can be in the business world, but is often missing.
1: Let me share this real quick, and that is when I was at Mundelein Seminary, University of St. Mary of the Lake, between 75 and 79, studying for the priesthood and the major uh, theologate. We had a professor, Father Charlie Meyer, Mm -hmm. who just died recently at the age of 101. Brilliant, brilliant mind. And he taught a a course to us in grace, um, spirit, and theology. And I asked Father Meyer, I said, Charlie, what's your definition of grace? And I always remembered he said, God's loving presence and our being transformed in his presence. Very simply, God's loving presence and our being transformed in his presence was his definition of grace. So in many ways, Father Meyer was saying the same thing you are, but in different language, Andy.
3: Yeah, it's, it's uh, in so many ways, it's being open to that, mm-hmm. being open to God, being around you, being open to grace, being anywhere. It could be in that flower you look at. It can be uh, in that good friend who pats you on the back when you're down. It can be uh, a business relationship that you just suddenly recognize this person's been carrying you for a long time and you had no idea. So there's a lot of ways.
2: And you wonder, this this ties in. I don't know if, if you remember, gentlemen on WGN, Spike O'Dell. He was a, yeah. And now Spike uh, went up to see Jim Dowdle, who was the head of WGN, WGN, for his first meeting with Jim. And Jim was actually the board chair at Mundelein Seminary, so I knew Jim well, as a graceful man. Mm-hmm. So Spike walks in to the meeting, and he's terribly nervous, yeah. terribly nervous. And Jim Dowdle looks at him and says, don't ever forget where you came from, meeting over.
4: <laughs> where,
2: wow. And where you came from were your parents. Well, talk about them a little bit in terms of their, they they had to be implanting your ideas of grace that are now coming up. How did they do that? Uh, what's the old phrase we hear
3: all the time? Lead by example. Yeah. Uh, I, I have had the blessing. My parents were very young. Uh, they had my brother and I, they were attending Western Illinois University so uh, we're 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 close in age so i got to know their parent their friends very well and still know them well and uh just uh just left my parents down in texas uh, uh a few weeks ago and um even down there got to spend some time with their high school friends and i know wow. the people who have known them all their lives so i get to hear all the stories i get to understand how they have treated people through the years and i get to see what happens when they leave the room and the way people talk about them and share who they are and and that brings floods of memories back to to things I saw that I didn't really understand when I was a little eight-year-old Andy. But now I look back and go, wow, that was grace. That was them sharing mm-hmm. goodness that had been passed down to them.
1: Andy, how, the long are, things, how long are your parents, Andy? How old are they?
3: Um, my parents are 77.
1: Okay. Young. Oh,
3: you, they're Greg's
1: age. Well, I'm not 77. Wow. I know. Wow, I'm, kidding. What a, I'm
2: kidding. Michael liked that one.
1: Andy, look what I have to put up with every day with this with this guy at work at the cathedral. Uh, but I, I take it in very saintly.
2: Go ahead. You're, <laughs> you know, you've got the floor. Well, You're done anyway. So you you kind of grace it was embedded in, in your life. Business isn't necessarily a venue. Um it depends on who you're working with, like a Jim Dowdle where he brought, but so the grace arsenal basically says you need tools. You need tools to move you not only to an awareness of grace, which what Greg was talking about, but also tools to continue to imbue that gracefulness to people that you're working with. What are some of the tools?
3: Well, we, uh, we talked earlier about gratitude is the first one. And, uh, to me that that feeds all the other tools in the what i call the arsenal and uh it's um to me uh that gratitude is the fuel right Mm -hmm. so if i can every morning make a list of the things i'm grateful for the people on my team who i'm thankful are here the tools we've developed over time at our business to get better the customers we brought onto our team that that help us uh, uh, grow our business. The manufacturers we're partnered with, who bring us great products every day. If I keep that top of mind, uh, it makes it so much easier to share grace with others. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, feeds the next uh, element in my uh, grace pyramid. And that's humility. And uh, there's a great definition of humility uh, from Allison Merriman, and and I. I call that one up because it's, uh, one that I just think really makes the difference in, um, getting it up so I can read it to you here. Cause I think it's that important. Um, she really, you know, we've heard different things about humility and, uh, we've heard, uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking less about yourself. Hmm. Uh, we've heard, uh, often people, uh, think of humility as, as, uh, Downplaying your own skills, but I think it's just the opposite. It's understanding who you are. And, and Allison Merritt, excuse me, Ashley Merriman says, when someone has an accurate assessment of both his strengths and weaknesses, and he sees all this in the context of the larger whole, he's part of something far greater than he, and he knows he isn't the center of the universe. He is both grounded and liberated by this knowledge. Recognizing his abilities, he asks how he can contribute. Recognizing his flaws, he asks how he can grow. Beautiful. And to it's me, powerful.
1: It, it's powerful. It really yeah.
3: is. And if you start there with that mindset of humility, yeah, um, I bring some skills to the office and those are important. I need to be aware of those. I need to share those. That's part of great sharing what I do well. But I also have to be willing to understand where I don't. Yeah. And the gratitude for my skills and the things my parents and my upbringing brought me is important. The gratitude for my team helps me with that grounding and really stays, if I do gratitude right, Humility becomes
2: easy. And it's it's interesting because Greg, now in my life, but in other folks' lives, is able to draw those gifts out, um, which is a tremendous gift for a leader to be able to know, I can't do everything. And Mark does the same thing. Well, it it, it, it makes sense. That quote makes just a lot of sense. sense. We're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 750 AM Catholic Chicago, 312 255 8408 or you can go to youtube.com slash catholic chicago we're with andy armstrong talking about the grace arsenal when we come back i'm just curious uh people's offices say a lot about themselves there's a framed quote next to andy i'm wondering what that quote is we'll be back in a few minutes please stay tuned
4: charities on Sunday February 5th for the Divine Affair, one of the premier wine tasting events in Chicago. Sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation and beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A spectacular silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic charities programs and services that have anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Purchase your Divine Affair tickets online today at catholiccharities.net slash divine. Our thanks to Louis Glunz Wines and the Joseph Glunz family for their generous support of Divine Affair. This is your 44 for me teaching. When I started here, There were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. (laughs) Right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly.
5: (laughs) I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations.
0: <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders.
6: Teach, apply today at artchicago.org schooljobs. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? Gee. If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you.
2: We're back, WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Go to youtube.com slash Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi, here with Andy Armstrong, the Grace Arsenal we're speaking about. I had mentioned before the break, you can tell a lot about folks by what's in their office. You get a sense of that. And I noticed uh, to your right is a big framed quote. Yeah, What, what does that say? I'm just curious.
3: Well, I, I want to start with, uh, we, we talked a bit about my parents and what they brought to me. I didn't uh, finish that completely. Oh. One of the things they brought to me was a foundation of grace is what I like to call it, mm-hmm. because they they made my... Uh, grandparents a very important part of our lives. And I, I was lucky enough to have all my grandparents into my 20s and was very close with all four of them. Uh, when I was born, I had seven grandparents, three great grandmothers Wow! Great-grandmothers, wow. Uh, oh. and have been blessed with so many stories about great grandfathers and great greats and uh, that's been very important. What you're looking at behind me here is actually uh, a needle point that my mother made for my grandfather.
2: Um, oh, and the, the serenity, serenity prayer, Mark, go ahead and
1: read that. It says, God, grant me serenity to accept, to accept the things, things, things
2: I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. The serenity prayer,
1: the serenity prayer
2: that's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, My beautiful grandmother,
3: prayer.
2: um, uh, my mother made that for my grandfather,
3: uh, over 50 years ago, wow. and it sat over his desk for years. And Of all the things in his house, that's the one thing I wanted. Mm. I wanted that's amazing. To keep that close. Andy, I've got to ask you this. business, question. that's a good message, right? Yeah,
2: it sure
3: is. Andy, I have to
1: ask you this question. You've been doing the uh, air conditioning, you said, business for, what, 35 years? And mm-hmm. I, how, how should I frame this? As you look at your life, was there a defining moment that you said, I'm going to act this way toward employees, toward customers, because... You also mentioned in the first part of the program how few people in the workplace, well, I shouldn't say the word few, but maybe certainly not everybody in the workplace is grace-filled with gratitude and humility. Was there a defining moment? You talk about your parents. You talk about your grandparents. You talk about Taylorville, high school. But was there a particular defining moment that brought all this together when you were younger? Or is it just um, involves over time, like the the uh, opening of a flower?
3: You know, I, I think it's a combination of both, uh, Father Greg. I think uh, for me, um, I was, because I was blessed with a good upbringing and and had so many things that uh, uh, such great friends, such great parents, such great family that, that some of this came natural to me. It's just how you're supposed to act. Um, but... Some great leaders along the way were huge benchmarks. Uh, people who taught me how to be vulnerable, how to be empathetic, how to care for employees, and how to show uh, show them that you cared. Um, but probably, like like so many things, uh, the darkest days bring some of the brightest lights, right? And uh, at one point in my career, my job was eliminated due to budget issues, and and it was at that point when uh, when I really looked at my own personal mission and spent a whole lot of time on discernment, really figuring out who I wanted to be and what I wanted to share uh, in my work and hitting a sales number was no longer enough. It was uh, I made the decision that in my work life, what was going to be important was uh, the trail I left behind me, the people behind me and what they learned and how they developed under my uh, under my leadership. And at that moment, then I really started to to uh, turn that corner and be the person I wanted to be. And and really got focused on on working on uh, grace and being better uh, at managing.
1: That's 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 a great response.
2: Thanks, Andy. Sometimes people talk about an aha moment, you know, a moment in their lives that really made that that kind of shift that you're talking about. Do you recall any aha moments? I do. Um,
3: <laughs> And it's it's odd because in in today's environment, we probably don't encourage this in the workplace, but I had a boss by the name of Mike Murphy who um, was a servant leader. He just was a a fabulous leader and this was 20 years ago. But uh, I'd had a bad day and I'd been out with customers and didn't get the, uh, the contractor converted to our brand like I wanted to. And I was sitting at my desk and he came around the desk and he just patted me on the back. And at that moment, I realized that, you know, it 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 makes a huge difference to care about people when they're down. Yeah. And something as simple as a pat on the back shouldn't be that much, right? But boy, did it it just click. It's like, okay, this is this is important. This is important. I need to be more what Mike is, and I need to be better at doing this. And and it taught me a ton about servant leadership and how to how to care and how to be there when it was needed.
1: It was really interesting, Andy, as you shared that story about Mike Murphy, you got emotional. Yeah. A simple Still. pat on the uh, he said no. He didn't say a word, but he knew you were down, tough day. He gives you a pat on the back, not one word said, but now you talk about it, what was it, 20 or 30 years ago, whatever happened 10 years ago, and you get emotional about it, and you. he didn't say a word, but that pat on the back meant everything, and it was an aha moment all these years later, and so I think... You know, when we sometimes realize, I always tell, all I say, part of my homilies is, you know, be aware of your surroundings. When someone is down, uplift them. We, we spend so much of our time in life, many people, putting people down, putting down instead of raising up, instead of uplifting, a kind word, a gratitude moment. But just life is, like, you know, even if you take the word life, L-I-F-E, Contained within the word life is the word if, smack in the middle of life. And there's no certainties, dying is a certainty, paying taxes a certainty, but that, that, that great Lennon song line, life is what happened, I was making other plans. So that moment, it was such a grace-filled moment. Now he might even realize the impact that Pat on the back had for you right. that he gave you. He doesn't realize all these years later... It's still a profound moment.
2: Yeah, and to me, hearing that story, there was a transference of grace. Mm -hmm. You know, and you were open to it. Uh, That may be one of the reasons why this book was written. And then the key then is, as he patted you on the back
1: to uplift you, he's also saying is, now... Go and do it for somebody else. Go do it for yeah, somebody yeah, play else. It pa- play it forward. it. Yeah, play it forward.
2: Now, I had a que- question, because when you first came to us, you, you weren't saying, you know, review the book, but you were saying, you know, cathedral, holy name, cathedral is mentioned. You, you use it kind of metaphorically in, in the book. Could you explain that a little bit? Uh, how did you end up with holy name cathedral in the grace arsenal? <laughs> there are there are
3: several reasons for that one. It's it's uh starts with my love of cathedrals. I've uh, been to uh Europe and just just love the cathedral. It's a wonderful place. And I, I will admit that Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth is a favorite of mine. Mm. And he uses the building of that cathedral as a metaphor for the entire book. And so guilty as charged, I stole a little bit from him <laughs> in the process. Uh, uh I'm also an amateur woodworker and plumber and electrician, so I do a lot of DIY type stuff. And when you walk into a place like Holy Name, you can't help but respect the craftsmanship. Mm. You can't help but think immediately about, oh my God, the people who did this work are just so talented and so amazing. That was a big part of it. Um, and, And then it really got down to Holy Name itself. When you walk in, the history a place that's been taken down by fire twice and speaks of integrity, which is a big part of my model. Uh, you walk in and you see these huge brass doors that just, just speak of life in the church. And then you walk into the narthex and that same theme works through and you get this almost breathing effects, like the narthex is breathing as you walk in. And then you get into the church and there's just just beautiful artwork. And, and probably the most important thing, the first time I walked in, uh, I could feel grace there. It just it just made me feel that great. So it became very, very simple from that point to tie it into every step of the book.
1: Interesting. Um, now uh, what was what was the first time you stepped into Holy Cathedral, Andy? How many years ago? Oh gosh, it was only
3: about two years ago.
1: Oh uh, so oh you oh so yeah. really you didn't go back 30, 40 years ago to the cathedral. No, very
0: no. recent.
3: I've been I've been uh, noting, taking notes on this book for the last twenty years. Uh I finally got the uh, uh, the spark to to start writing, and I, I have my wife to thank for that. She really inspired me, and uh, I talk about my parents a lot, but uh, I am also very blessed with a wonderful wife who's uh, guided me through this whole process. She was patient enough to let me read it to her on the way on a driving trip to Portland, Oregon. So uh, anybody who will do that is is a, a saint. So thanks to Liz. Yeah, I make
1: Mark Tracy listen to my homilies when while we're driving. Yeah, drives off yeah. the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark take us to break. WNDZ
2: 750 AM Catholic Chicago 312-255-8408. You go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Andy Armstrong, the Grace Arsenal, navigating business battlegrounds with Grace. We'll continue our wonderful conversation about Grace and what can Grace allow us to become in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
6: Catholic Charities invites you to First Look for Charity, an extraordinary black-tie evening at McCormick Place on Friday, February 10th. Enjoy an elegant private reception and be among the first to explore the latest in automotive innovation at the Chicago Auto Show. Your ticket also gives you the chance to win either a 2023 Honda CR-V or a 2023 Subaru Crosstech. As you register, please select Catholic Charities so a portion of your ticket purchase benefits those we serve. Join us at First Look for Charity on Friday, February 10th. Visit catholiccharities.net to get your tickets today.
0: I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continuing to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope, too, and it it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at artschicago.orgslash seminarian fund or call 312 534 7959.
2: We're back wndz 750 am catholic chicago 312-255-8408 or you can go to youtube.com slash catholic chicago we're talking with andy armstrong i'll hold up the book the grace arsenal navigating business battlegrounds with grace before father greg's next question andy how can people find this book uh just go to amazon and type in the grace arsenal and it'll pop right up or
3: you can go to my website www.thegracearsenal.com. Uh, Andy, or Andy, um, Andy, your Andy, your
1: Andy, your email address or website one more time.
3: Yeah, the the website is
1: www.thegracearsenal.com,
3: and there's a picture of it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And my my email is uh, equally simple: andy@thegracearsenal.com.
1: Too Terrific. Beautiful. You know, as we continue the discussion. Andy, you are a guest this morning. We could be on until noon and not cover everything. You're just so profound, and it, uh, it's amazing. Yet, you're, you're grounded. You're a man of faith, but hardworking, a family man. Keep going down the pyramid. You started with uh, grace, followed by humility. Keep going down the pyramid.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the, the pyramid, you start with gratitude, and it feeds the humility. And uh, flanking humility is vulnerability and empathy. And uh, that vulnerability piece, I think uh, if you've done any reading of Brene Brown, um, uh, vulnerability has gotten a lot of attention over the last, especially 10 to 15 years, thanks to her. And to me, vulnerability means being willing to go into any meeting and not be the source of the solution. Uh, So often in business, we we get that machismo and we have to be the guy with the answer. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the, the part of vulnerability is knowing that you don't always know and being willing to accept that, and being willing to to face that in any situation. And uh, the reality in business is, is great ideas come from everywhere. And if you start with gratitude and humility and give a little vulnerability, uh, that works incredibly well at making the teams much more effective.
1: Now, I'll, I'll share this. We live in a society, Andy, and I'm sure Mark would agree, that to be vulnerable is a sign of weakness among many people's eyes, but I find it the exact opposite. To be vulnerable and transparent is a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. You don't have all the answers, a know-it-all, because nobody has all the answers, nobody. I mean, it just, it doesn't work that way, and so I think part of wisdom, grace, humility, gratitude is we learn from each other. We learn from each other, but vulnerability you know, we come from a society that says, what a sign of weakness if you're vulnerable. The exact opposite is true.
2: Right. There's a book called, I don't know, Andy, if you're familiar with it, it's called Leaders, and it's by Warren Bennis. And he Mm -hmm. interviewed, I think, 50 leaders uh, across the board. And the one constant that he found in the interviews was their rate of failure higher than most folks mm-hmm. because they learned from their failures a- and, uh-huh. and they became stronger because of them. Andy, any, any memorable failure that you can remember? Uh, the list is too long to cover in this. <laughs> We'd need till noon at least, if not uh,
3: till noon tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> failure is a part of business. and yeah. it, 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 you know we, we always hear of Edison and he, he didn't fail a thousand times at the material for the light bulb. He succeeded in finding out what didn't work. And I think recoloring mm-hmm. failure in a way that is uh, more consistent with what we're really doing. We're trying to solve problems. And if you don't try new things, you're not going to solve them. And if you try new things, you're going to fail. That's part of it.
2: Now, but, HVAC, how did you get into that that career? Uh, I mean, and then it goes from that career to grace and these these really theological deep— Because
1: Andy's, Andy's a real cool guy. <laughs>
2: oh, <Yeah>. oh. <laughs>
3: Oh, I love the good pun. Oh, well done, yeah, I love a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good one. And, how about, and how I, about this? I, uh, even going back to, uh, I will tell you, even, even, uh, even, uh, even, I, even, I, even. I studied electrical engineering in college. And uh, the one thing I knew for sure is that I didn't want to sit and design circuits. It didn't fit with my personality. And I wasn't excited about that path. Uh, so much to my physics teacher father's chagrin, I, uh started looking for sales roles. And I had enough technical knowledge. I thought a technical sales job would be perfect. And uh, uh, I uh, answered a blind ad for a technical sales position right out of college. And it happened to be with a HVAC wholesaler. So oh. it was not a plan, I guarantee. I stumbled into heating, air conditioning and have been here trying to figure it out for 35 years. So i uh, been uh, very blessed to work with some wonderful people along the way though. The, the one thing I will say about heating air conditioning is uh, there's something very uh, uh, humbling about working with contractors every day, guys who go out, work with their hands and solve problems yeah. for people and make people's lives significantly better by bringing them comfort. Uh, that is is humbling and grounding, and uh, you know you're doing a little bit of good for people every day when you work with these contractors.
1: You know, what I find fascinating with you, Andy, is that uh, it's clearer in your business life and your personal life. People come first. You know, it's not the contract, it's not the job, and that's very important to have a job well done and to show up on time. But people, it's also I find interesting, is sometimes when you're at a meeting, it could be a staff meeting, cathedral in your workplace, you have the person who is at work, so you're a group at work, cathedral people at work, but sometimes we forget our own personal lives behind the individual at work, Mm -hmm. which means you come to work, your marriage might be not going well. You might be battling some health issues, uh, things with the kids aren't going well. So Sometimes we forget. Even that goes with people at church. Oh, sure. People at church. You know, I I can be giving a homily. I look out. I can see in a pew this couple about to get married. That woman just lost her mother. This couple here going through a divorce this child going through some hard times the highs and lows of life in a congregation so no two people the exact same place and i think many times i've said to many many people you know in confessional even in counseling be nice to yourself be nicer mm-hmm. to you. they look at me because you be nice to my dog be nice to my parents be nice to my spouse be nicer to you and it catches them off guard because sometimes we're so hard that's, on ourselves. It's very
2: important. Uh-huh. Because then you're better for uh, others. Exactly. Father yeah. Greg, your your story reminded me that uh
3: uh many years ago now I started a technique with my leadership team, the people who report directly to me. Every time we get together at a meeting, that meeting starts with tell me what's going good at work and what's not going so good at work, and tell me what's going good at home and not so good at home.
5: Mm-hmm. And
3: what ends up happening in that process is all about vulnerability. Uh, everybody around the table recognizes that we're all struggling. We're all trying to Mm -hmm. figure things out, both at work and at home. And it makes it okay to talk about the things in the meeting. The rest of that meeting then is, is, it's open season to talk about what I'm not good at and what I need help with. And vulnerability becomes part of the culture when you introduce that and make that happen. And and this is one of the many, many things that was not my idea. I just uh, blatantly stole from other people, but it works and it's so powerful to to share that and boy what a what a great position to be in to know who in the room's suffering because their friend has cancer or just found out that their mom is going to have to be moved to a nursing home if you don 't know that, how do you truly manage people and understand mm-hmm. what they 're going through if you don 't have that empathy to to really ask the right questions
2: and it also depends on your position, so you you know you were the leader of that team and been able to do that. This was some years back, but my graduate project. Uh, was to create a president's network of priests. So getting priests mm-hmm. together to talk about what issues are going on, where do they need help. Where they, it took six months of meetings before we really named the idea that these guys are in a position where they're not vulnerable people don't treat them as vulnerable. they treat them as the answer to all life's issues and uh it took six months but once they became vulnerable and realized they didn't have to have all the answers that group really took off so i can imagine that your staff really responded to that approach to leadership it's it's very interesting mark
3: because as a very young salesperson in this industry i i noticed a very odd trend i'd go call on these i was 22 at the time and i was calling on contractors who are 50 and 60 years old mm-hmm. running good healthy businesses and uh, i would walk in and sit down and i became the sounding board i became the psychologist i became the support because they had nobody to be vulnerable yeah. with and so just because i had a willing year i became the guy that got all that weight all of a sudden and uh I was happy to take it and happy to help them any way I could and and uh, help them through those times and vice versa they helped me get a lot smarter about heating and air conditioning. But then also, so it was a good
1: but here's the thing: as they were talking to you, they trusted you. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important word—the word trust. Uh, talk about the, we haven't talked about this word, but somewhere it's, I know it's in your whole context. The word fear. Talk about fear.
3: Yeah, the the entire model. We haven't talked much about the bottom half of my pyramid, but the bottom half is really where fear drives behaviors. And I put the the offsetting uh, what I call demerits on the bottom half of the pyramid because so often we're told what to do right, but we we aren't told to recognize what we're doing wrong. And uh, sometimes knowing what those fear-driven behaviors are, in this case, being self-centered or ignorant or having too much, uh, uh, trying to have too much control, all those are good triggers to understand that I might be moving away from grace because fear has taken over the way I'm thinking. And uh, the opposing force in my model is courage. Uh, so if we have the courage to to face uh, those tough decisions and face them with grace, then we can move up the pyramid and uh, closer to grace. And uh, like so many things in life, grace is a is a journey. It's not mm-hmm. some, not really a destination because we're still human, right?
1: I like right. that. We're going to go to break with a, a, a beautiful prayer that I pray seven, eight, nine times, 10 times a day goes like this Lord Jesus, may I trust in you completely, that I shall not fear, Then I, Lord, you'll do, do the rest, and you are with me. So, Mark, take yeah. us to break.
2: WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago 312 255 And you go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll continue our wonderful conversation on the Grace Arsenal Navigating Business Battlegrounds with Grace with Andy Armstrong. This has been, this is a tremendously powerful program for me. It's likewise. A good, good reminder of where, where we need to go in terms of leadership and in terms of our faith. We'll be back in a few minutes, please stay tuned.
4: Join Catholic Charities on Sunday, February 5th for The Divine Affair, one of the premier wine tasting events in Chicago. Sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation and beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A spectacular silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities' programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Purchase your Divine Affair tickets online today at catholiccharities.net slash divine. Our thanks to Louis Glunz Wines and the Joseph Glunz family for their generous support of Divine Affair.
6: Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest. ZNOVU BYĆ RAZEM. It's good to be together again.
0: After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again and listen as our choirs lift their voices in song.
6: We've been together in spirit, and now, when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. And we're here to welcome you back to
0: Catholic Mass.
6: Catholic Charities invites you to first look for charity, an extraordinary black tie evening at McCormick Place on Friday, February 10th. Enjoy an elegant private reception and be among the first to explore the latest in automotive innovation at the Chicago Auto Show. Your ticket also gives you the chance to win either a 2023 Honda CRV or a 2023 Subaru Crosstech. As you register, please select Catholic Charities so a portion of your ticket purchase benefits those we serve. Join us at First Look for Charity on Friday, February 10th. Visit catholiccharities.net to get your tickets today.
2: WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Andy Armstrong, The Grace Arsenal. Father Greg, you have a question. Andy, why
1: the model of a pyramid?
3: Ah, Great question, and thank you for asking. Uh, there's several reasons. One, pyramids have fascinated humans for how many years now? Uh, we, we can go back and look at history and look at the structures and holy... Holy cow! There's just a ton of pyramids about. Uh, another reason I really like the pyramid is uh, the the natural upward flow. And to me, grace is is aspirational, and it's it's up there somewhere, and I keep reaching for it. And the pyramid suggests that. It also fit very nicely to to fit the nine merits I had thought about as. As elements that I need to work on to get closer to grace. So all of those things fit together to make the pyramid kind of the perfect shape for me.
2: I like that. Good. Now, it's interesting. I'm going to ask a question about future, but the more I read the title, Navigating Business Battlegrounds with Grace, I think you're limiting yourself because the more we hear you talk, the more we're thinking, Boy, it fits in church structures. It fits in parish. It fits. You could change the cover of this, and sell it to parishes around the country mm-hmm. because it, it it it's at the core of what we should be about as parish, which is allowing grace to flow through the folks that we
1: minister and with sometimes into. we get in our own way. We need to step aside and leave room for God. Yeah, exactly. Let God working through our lives.
2: And that's what you're talking about. So, yeah, my, one of the uh, one well, of the blessings of writing a book like this is
3: uh, every once in a while you get a a bit of feedback. And uh, I, I adore the feedback, both good and bad. People who uh, find that extra comma that shouldn't be there or people who really found something English in the book that was teachers. important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Either way, they're good. But right. my one thing oh, go ahead. the one thing that's been consistent is I've had about every third or fourth say, why are you just talking about business? This right. fits in my personal life so well. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe I missed that. And uh, I was really trying to target my experience in business. But I think I have struck upon some things that fit in many, many spaces. In
1: personal so. lives, in church lives. There's no question. Here's a great line that it just kind of fits in with your whole book. The line goes like this. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But starting today, you can make a new ending.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: That's really. good. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. What's happened is happening in your life, but starting today, you can make a new ending, and I always add, with the help and grace of God.
2: So, so with that in mind, and I'm sure as a creative person, there's things floating around in your head. What's your next book? Um, th- there's a, uh, I've started some research, and uh,
3: the, the, the model ties back to my contractor friends. And I think that taking grace into the service world is very interesting. And uh, right now I've done it completely around a metaphor of baseball. Mm, And uh, I think there's so many wonderful stories in the histories of baseball that that tell the story in a fascinating way of how to be a better um, service person to the general public and how to treat them in the right way. And, uh, you know, a very simple story um, that Nolan Ryan, who we all know Mm as the guy who's Uh, had more strikeouts than anyone else in the history of baseball and the reason he he gives credit to his first pitching coach when he got to california after he'd been at the mets he went to the angels and he gives credit to this pitching coach who took the time to teach him his follow through was wrong and boy couldn't we all learn some things about follow Mm through, follow through Mm -hmm. in the service world and how important it is so those little little metaphors are great ways to to get people to see that relationship with a homeowner differently so I think I'm going to spend a little time on that and see how that works
1: I like that that's tremendous that would be a, a phenomenal book and uh, back many many years ago when my brother was uh, in the uh, sports industry as a reporter he was at White Sox Park and Nolan Ryan was pitching that night he was on the sidelines next to the catcher as Nolan oh Ryan was as Nolan Ryan was warming up so he was right there about five feet six feet from the catcher as nolan ryan was throwing the pitch to the catcher and my brother who was a former baseball player as nolan ryan was pitching warm-up my brother adrian could not see the pitch coming to the catcher all I he heard was the wow. pop in the glove wow the pop in the glove the pot and, and adrian said is this, is this a joke? Is this a trick? He could not see the pitch. And this was Nolan Ryan past his prime. He was bringing out on almost 100 miles an hour in those days. And he'll never forget that. And he thought, uh-huh. he said he wouldn't dare get into home plate with a bat with this guy, with Nolan Ryan. So just a little sidebar on Nolan Ryan's story which he, he was legendary.
2: And if you use that in the book, make sure you give Greg credit for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Promise I will. <laughs> I can see the footnote now. Andy, say more. You talked about fear and you fl- gave a flip side courage. So I love the word courage. Say more about courage.
3: Uh, to me, courage is the heart because most, in, in my experience, both business and personal, uh, the difficult choices about choosing grace over gracelessness uh, takes courage. I mean, almost always, it takes that time to to think and discern and say, "Okay, I could take the easy way. I could let fear drive this, and I'm I'm afraid about not meeting my goal, or I'm afraid about uh, uh, this thing not working out in my personal life. But if I have the courage to go go with grace, uh, then things tend to work out pretty well, and um, it." Another piece of the model that I think is very important is understanding what your authentic self is. Who who are you really? Have you taken time to determine who you want to be as a person, and then staying true to that does take courage. Once you de- decide who that is, it, it's hard some days.
1: And here's the here's the best definition of courage I've ever heard. Courage means being afraid, but still going ahead and doing it. I really yeah. like that definition. Courage means being afraid. But still going ahead and doing it.
2: Yeah, I think it's John Paul II's message to us always be not, be not afraid. Be not be afraid. Be not afraid. Take courage. Now, what about? Take heart. Yeah, you know, with, with that in mind, uh, this is called Catholic Chicago, so it's a faith based program. Uh, what has what written that? What, is, what has writing that book done for your faith life? Any, any impact in that arena? Oh, a a great deal. I mean, uh, one of the the best bits of wisdom that that came uh,
3: through the process of writing this book, I was considering it and told my wife I was going to do it. And and her words were brilliant and wise, as they usually are, uh, retrospectively. I don't often see it in the moment, but uh, looking (laughs) back and seeing how brilliant (laughs) she is. Uh, But she said, I think it's great to write the book. I think there's a lot of important ideas there, but enjoy the journey. And the entire journey has allowed me to dig so much deeper into those who I respect and understand what faith means to them and what faith does to drive them towards grace. And uh, that's been the most important piece for me, whether it be my parents or my wife or my coworkers or uh, Mike Murphy who I told you about, all those things have allowed me to explore that. And when you go with some vulnerability and some humility and a little empathy, you can learn a lot about where you wanna go with your faith journey.
1: Maybe in the few minutes we have left, is touch on another word which I know you are part of your life humor. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I I looked around and humor
3: sometimes seems like it doesn't really belong in the grace arsenal. But the reason I added it is everybody who I respect and seems to have grace to me always has a dose of humor in with it. I, I generally have found that if I can laugh with that person, we usually can find grace together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I spend a lot of time trying to understand what's funny to my team and asking questions and finding out what shows they like to watch, what makes them laugh. Because if, if I can make them laugh in a tough situation, we can get down to the business of solving the problem, mm-hmm. uh, take the emotions out of it, chuckle a little bit, and let's move on. Let's figure out the problem. As I used to say when I worked for a uh, heating, air conditioning, and plumbing wholesaler, uh, my regular retort was, "Hey, we're just selling toilets here. We're not saving the world, <laughs> but you might be."
1: <laughs> and thing, I, one thing I find about one thing I find about humor is that humor brings people together. Mm-hmm. When you have that laughing moment, it unifies. It brings all of us together yeah. in that moment. But never humor to laugh at someone to hurt someone ever, ever. But somehow, sometimes not take ourselves too seriously and uh, because we all make mistakes. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves. But the gift of humor, and also if people forget humor is a wonderful gift from God. And I'm sure Jesus was filled with humor and had humorous moments with his disciples and followers. You have to yeah. because we all know life is tough, life is serious, and you have to sprinkle it with humor to keep everything in perspective. I agree. There's no question and no question. And and, and also, I've been told I've been told I've I've told a few jokes in my life (laughs) and uh, and you need to have a a, a good joke. Uh, In the last couple of minutes here, in last moment, really, Andy, any closing remark to bring the whole program together?
3: Um, You know, I I think uh, to me, it's about finding and sharing grace. Right. And I think uh, the, the first step in that is finding it. And to do that, we have to be open to it. We have to be in the moment. We have to recognize that we have been blessed with so many wonderful things uh, on, on this planet, uh, with the people around us, with the the gifts of nature, uh, taking that time to understand that there is a lot of grace in your world, having that gratitude to find it. And once you find it, then it's just about sharing, right? Mm-hmm. And then with that uh,
1: note, couple- if you want to pick up a copy of the book, give us the purchase. Um, uh, to purchase. Is. The Grace Arsenal, the, how can they get it? You're contract? in sales, Andy, Amazon. you're in sales.
3: Yeah, <laughs> The Grace Arsenal on Amazon.com or go to www.TheGraceArsenal.com or send me an email. I'd love to hear from you, Andy at TheGraceArsenal.com. I
1: want to thank you in a very special way, Andy Armstrong, was written that book, The Grace Arsenal, and even have been a phenomenal guest, sure so too. thank you very much. Special thanks to uh, co-host Mark Teresi, great work of our producer-engineers Michael May and Brian Hockey-Hitman Brock,